I'm Justin Lesko, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. And I'm Mike Callahan, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and a law enforcement officer. Today on the show, we are talking to a living legend of the sport. He was a member of the Dirty Dozen, the first 12 non-Brazilian black belts. He was actually the first American to submit a Brazilian in competition, and he was also the first American to compete at the World Championships in Brazil. He coined the term combat base, and he's known for his golden rules of grappling. I actually have a few golden rules of grappling as well. Well, actually, just golden rules, but I have, I have a few golden rules. Do you want to hear them? I, I think I could venture a guess, but go ahead. All right, well, first golden rule is never zip your pants up in the dark. That, there you go. Second golden rule is never look like shit when you're wearing jujitsu clothes. And third is never pay full price for anything. That makes me sound cheap. I'm not cheap, but you get what I'm saying. I, I understand what you're saying, and you are very lucky because our show can actually help you out with both of those rules. If you visit EpicRollBJJ.com and use the coupon code PODCAST15, you can take 15% off the best jiu-jitsu apparel around. So Epic Roll BJJ has everything you need from hoodies to t-shirts to geese to rash guards to shorts. The list goes on and on. Anything that you need, they got you covered. You can check them out on Instagram at EpicRollBJJ, or you can go to their website, EpicRollBJJ.com. Epic Roll will definitely help you with one of your rules because all of their stuff looks great. And the code PODCAST15 will help you with the other rule because we're getting you an awesome discount. I thought your rules were going to be something like never fight Gordon Ryan without someone to help or don't roll with Justin because he'll leg lock me. Well, how about we talk to somebody who can actually tap me and doesn't live in a fantasy world like you. Please welcome to the show, Chris Howder. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Like Mike said, we were very, very excited that you were willing to come on and chat with us. That's fine. I'm excited. Consider me to be on the witness stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you want that. Mike is a law enforcement officer, so he probably is a trained investigator. Oh, so uh, um, we won't grill you too hard. Years ago. Go 20 years ago, I was a cop, so I do understand that job. Um, there we go. And I know when and where and how to take the fifth. <laughs> there you go. The first thing we always ask people when they come on the show is how they got involved in jujitsu. And I know most of our audience is going to be familiar with your backstory, but in case anyone has been living under a rock and does not know who you are, if you could just let us know how you came to find jujitsu. I'm going to give the shortest version of my origin story. Only because <laughs> it is true. I have answered this so many times. And as anyone in law of any kind knows, when the witness keeps being asked the same a story, eventually what you are remembering is your, is your version of the story instead of the story. So, with that being said, the shortest version of is I got lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. I was, I was attempting to return to wrestling at, at the ripe old age of 23 or 4. And when I went into the wrestling room, the Aikido club was having their club and I knew the Aikido instructor and I saw them grappling and I got arm lock and choked. And I said, Hey, Mitz Yamashita, I want to do Aikido. And he said, 
this is an Aikido. This is jujitsu, and it's it's a special kind, and it's called Gracie jujitsu. And I'm not allowed to actually instruct it, but here's the guy who can. And within a week, I was over in Horion's garage, and I was hooked before I even showed up. But to my first class, I knew as a lifelong seeker of reality-based martial arts, I knew I hit the gold mine. Well, like I said, I'm sure most people listening have heard at least one version of you tell that story before, but we have to cover our bases in case anyone is, is new to the sport. And obviously, everyone listens to our show the first day they sign up for jiu-jitsu, so it's important to lay the base. But And I got to add this. So last week, Mitz Yamashita passed away and he he was old and I'm not sure what he passed away from and not that that matters but Mitz was one of those guys that came from a very classical style that was willing to learn things from other styles a very open-minded Aikido guy which as you guys know is is pretty rare not only in martial arts but rare among humans to, to actually explore other concepts and ideas especially when one's ego is attached to whatever it is they're holding on to um as you know from being a cop um agencies and individual cops are very resistant to try a new thing all humans are right i think a lot of that's ego driven for whatever reason law enforcement is is tends to be filled with these uh these alpha personalities and with that comes the you know the idea that you know they're doing things right and they don't really like to be told when they're doing things wrong and i didn't want to say that especially <laughs> in this current climate i didn't want to say that but yes I, I i think that is is a clear aspect a couple of my i'm not going to call them good friends but but students of mine on and off over the years um either i'm their grand coach or one of my guys is their actual coach they frequently send me little clips of either good arrests or bad arrests. And, and they often will ask my opinion and others too. And um, I think that in this current climate where sadly everything is so polarized and everything you almost have to like choose a team. It's almost like if you say I'm on the a blue team, it means you're somehow against cops. And if you say you're on the red team, it means you're somehow a racist. And um, I think that climate is very bad. We've talked about it on here too. We, we've, because um, I went to the GST course. I went to GST level one and level two. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with their, their instructors, but uh, the one, Ivandro Nunez, uh, he actually was one of our first guests on this show. So he taught both of the GSTs that I went to. Um, anyone who's heard this show and heard us talk about it, it's, I think it's something that all cops should get into. I think that all cops should be trained in jujitsu. I think it's an invaluable resource for law enforcement officers out there. Like, 
I see these videos out there where people are questioning the arrest tactics of police officers and everything. And I'd be lying if I say I don't look at some of these videos and I'm like, jujitsu could have definitely made a difference in this. I'm not going to jump into any statistics or any of that because I don't know all of them. I only know from my experience and what little I have read on statistics. And my experience is 20 years old now, but the job hasn't changed that much. And um, I think there's a lot of, of reasons why our current culture involving everybody's opinion on arrest and control and all that has changed so much. And I'm going to give you one little story I will give. And so when I was a, I was probably on for maybe three months and I was not a cop long time. And there's a big reason why and and, but, but I was a regular cop for a year and a reserve for a year afterward. It was in a period of my life where um, I was having, let's just say, drinking and substance abuse problems, not as a result of the job, but other things. They tried really hard to help me and hang on, and I resigned. But anyhow, um, there was an event where there was one of the kind of local known uh, uh, cons running around who was a huge prison yoked up a gangster, a white guy who was in a Latino gang. Um, and he had a, um, a, a parole hold on him. And of course, because I was the jujitsu guy, they're like, Howder, we want you to arrest this guy. And this <laughs> dude was yoked up and, and he had a reputation. He, he was known as a guy who would uh, but take the guns from cops and throw them, which, of course, if he takes a cop's gun, I mean, that's like one other thing. And basically, I tricked him into uh, handcuffs. And they were all so mad I tricked him into handcuffs because, of course, they want to see me but put my hands on the guy in a fight. And I didn't want to do it. Um, and I was so glad I tricked him into handcuffs. And I tricked him <laughs> by lying. And I but told him that all we got to do is we, we, we got a bad mugshot because these new uh, computers and all this stuff, we just have to get your picture. All we got to do is bring you down get your picture and we're cutting you loose. And he's like, well, I can't go back to the joint, man, because, you know, there's a green light on me. You know, I can't go back to the joint. And I'm like, no, dude, there's no way you're going back to the joint. Are you kidding? LA Book County Jail's full. No one's taking anyone. I just need your picture. And he's like, well, all right, all right, I'll go to get my picture. And of course he went to the joint. And, but um, I'm so, that like leads to all kinds of things. So one could say, if I were a paranoid cop, I know the next time he sees me, when he is out of the joint, he's going to have an issue with me personally and the police because the police lied to him and stuck him in the joint. It's already setting up these sides that 
I think is the same thing that happens in politics. So it's like it only takes one event where you feel like a cop, right or wrong, wronged you. And it only takes one, one event where you, you're, you're a cop who trusts a guy, which has happened with me, and he's lying and he has a gun. And then it's like, okay, they all have guns now. And if you're the bad guy, all cops are scums now. And um, so it's, it's I, I, that's the one thing that I never hear but talked about, whether it's conservative pundits, liberal pundits and all that is, is because most people don't understand the nature of the job, let alone the nuances of how humans think and how the more under fear and duress we are, the more we kick in to our primal pattern recognition software, which is very old antique programming. And that leads into all kinds of problems. So I completely agree. Every cop before even being hired would have to have at least a blue belt. I think that would be ideal. Jiu-jitsu, I feel like it instills a certain amount of confidence. So not saying that you weren't prepared to go hands-on with this guy, but you realize that there's alternative methods there. I think historically right now, and, and we'll leave this and get back into grappling and on the map and off of politics and off of a culture, but... I think right now, humankind stands at a very strange crossroads. And I'm going to go on and on and rant. (laughs) (laughs) You know, on this show, I am the king of segues. And I'm not so sure how I can segue this one. So we're just going to jump right back into jujitsu, if that's okay with you. Segway. All right. uh, Let's see. Now you put me on the spot with a good segue. You talked about being a police officer, you know, 20 years ago. You were training jujitsu even longer than that. As someone who wants to train jujitsu for as many years as possible, do you have any advice for longevity in the sport? Yes, I do. I have a lot of advice. I was hoping you would. A lot of life is luck, but you can do certain things to push those odds of luck into your favor. When you are engaged in anything that has high risk of injury, the first thing you do is you accept. And I, I, years back, my waiver I had, it said, not only am I aware that I could get gravely injured, crippled, or dead, but I will for sure sustain minor injuries and occasionally a major injury. Because that's the nature of what we do. You're going to get hurt. So the first thing you do is accept you're going to get hurt. Then the other half is, okay, how do I minimize those injuries? You tap early, tap often. You think of everything as training. Nothing is the real thing. You Because you'll know if you're in the real thing. You won't have but to go, am I in a real fight right now or am I training? <laughs> you will know. 
And everything else is training, everything, including IBJJF competitions and MMA. That's all training because it's not about life and death. So as long as it's not about life and death, it's all training. It's all training. What are you training for? That's where my philosophy enters of you think street, you train sport, and you practice art. And the only thing that is quote unquote real is when it's life or death or grave injury. And everything else is art or sport. And is that part of that system you've you've talked about in the past about your golden rules of grappling? Yes. My golden rules of, of grappling are such that grappling can be effective in the street. Because my golden rules of grappling are, number one, you be the guy on top. Number two, when on top, you stay on top. Number three, when on a bottom, have a guard, you shall not pass. Number four, never forget rule number one, easily forgotten due to the seductive, rewarding, and lazy nature of guard. I'm feeling personally attacked, but you're you, you <laughs> that's, far that's, outrank me, so I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have to it's go. Great. With it. Like I feel like he's talking directly to us. We're half guard <laughs> players. <laughs> I love the guard. Why do I love the guard? Because the guard neutralizes the shitty fact that you are losing, that you right. are on bottom. <laughs> it's a way to neutralize it so effectively. You can even trick your opponent into coming on top, which is where you want to be, or submitting them. That's the paradox of our art. In a perfect world, if I had you on my Chris Howard Combat the Base Camp Island, or I had you chained up in my garage, and I trained you, I got you for 10 years. How am I going to train you? I might train you the first year you're going to fight for top always and i want to ingrain in your head that anytime you're on bottom you die then i'm going to spend the next six years with pure guard develop a guard and the first three of those will be sweeps getting back on top and the second you're back on top i'm putting you back on bottom and you start in the closed guard and now get back on top. Then the last three subs. And then the last but two years, you're gonna put it all together and you have combat effective jujitsu. But there's no such thing as a but perfect world. There's no such thing as a perfect way but to train. What there is, is, is an environment and a martial art and how are we going to adapt the martial art to create the proper experiments because i i don't think always art i think also sport which i think of more like science is that blend between the art and the sport is the science of what we do and we are trying to create experiments and Find out what is the most effective way to do something as little as retain a grip on a lapel when your opponent is attempting to stand up out of the guard. 
or to retain a grip on that when your opponent is insisting on posture or goes into whatever it is. And so each little micro thing is its own experiment and its own thing of coming up with what are the best ways. Now we throw in the variables, weight, size, strength, explosion, game style, youth, all of these things, experience, a belt um, level. And the more of these things is we have chaos. So what is, but jujitsu, it's an attempt to make order out of chaos. And you cannot completely make that order, but you can find the patterns and you can redirect the patterns. And that's the aliveness and the flowing of the game is finding those patterns. If you're a half guard guy, you know that, but there are the patterns and algorithms in which you work that half guard to force your opponent. I won't even say force your opponent. You force the game where your opponent has a couple choices. And when you reduce your opponent's options, you now can redirect and manipulate with the game, right? Isn't that? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's absolutely accurate. It's 100% accurate. That's the half guard game. Yep. Mike loves the half guard game, so he might be coming out to, to visit you because I think you're hitting all his I, The right way that I there. heard it, I, I heard that Chris just invited me to live in his garage for 10 years. I'll be out there. If I have to chain myself to the wall at night to, to kind of fit this You can do that. Scenario, I'm, I'm okay with it, yeah. And if you get fat. Already there. One of my black belts and I had an agreement we made years ago. If one of us ever gets fat, you chain us up in the backyard where a long enough chain where we have garage access and we eat nothing but lettuce, water, melon, and carrots until we're no longer fat. Mike just canceled his trip. Yep. Uh, no, I'm there. I'm there. I'll bring my own carrots. I'm there. Bring your own <laughs> so. carrots and we'll do it. No. Are you training like through the pandemic? Like if anybody follows you on social media or you're seeing any, you, you have that set up in your garage. So through yes. the pandemic and be, you have a, you have a, your wife is a third degree black belt. So my a wife huge benefit. Is, uh, like, and, and I will say if, if it weren't for my man strength, my wife would tune me up and, but technically my wife kind of tunes me up. Where is my wife? Oh, what, what about the combat-based club? Yeah, we wanted to ask you about the combat-based club. The combat-based club is super awesome. It is really yeah. cool. Yeah, well, you know, we're trying to be more than just a subscription-based video channel thingamajigger. I really want wanted my vision. It's, it's all about me, of course. Um, vision? I, <laughs> I, I would love it to be our vision, and I should just pretend like it's our it vision. It is our vision. Okay, good. It's our vision. Our vision is that we interact with people. So like we've been doing live Zoom classes where people can ask questions and um, and jump on there or people could do, you know, virtual lessons with us and stuff like that. Um, and that just, uh, I don't feel like Chris is super into the whole virtual thing, but I think it's a good opportunity to connect with others. Like what we're doing right now, this is virtual, okay? Right, yeah. So anybody, 
absolutely anybody can sit down and have a conversation with Chris. It just might cost them some money. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> we are we are capitalists. Yeah. Well, yeah. we have to, <laughs> the thing is, is we have to eat, right? We we need we require things like food and shelter and the things kids like that. have to eat. And the kids have to eat and you know, maybe one day go to college and things like that. And and one day we might have to retire. So um you know, so the Combat Base Club, born out of the global pandemic, uh, is an opportunity to see us do videos. We have a growing video library. We have three different series that we're working on. We're going to add a fourth um, this next month. I'm really excited about it. There's not a ton of content on there, but this is a, it's a baby. You know, it's a baby that's growing. And anybody that joins us now gets to experience and watch this, this baby grow and maybe turn into a small child and, and things like that in that lesson. But right now it's just a baby. And, and I have really big visions. I want to do a combat base club comedy series. I think it would be amazing. I shouldn't even tell you guys. <laughs> it it Todd, be yeah. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Yeah. Well, we'll this is a hot take for us. That. Yeah, top, top secret information. Yeah, top secret. Don't tell anyone because somebody will copy my idea and do it before we have a chance to. But I think that would be really fun. <laughs> well, yeah, here's the thing too. It's like anyone out there in a jujitsu land knows that a virus, global pandemic, but kind of hit our community hard. And Absolutely. our income went from hero to zero. Yep. I was also teaching supplemental education, which completely shut down as well in, in the school system. So between the school system thing and that and, and the jujitsu thing, everything went bye-bye and we got it. this idea for the club. It was born, you know, joining at the basic membership gives you all the video subscriptions and uh, the, the virtual classes we do. I teach solo fitness training classes. It's my favorite. If you're by yourself. Yeah, he loves it, but he doesn't <laughs> love doing it. Um, and then you get merchandise discounts and we send you out a club membership certificate and then there's different levels of membership. So I think it's really cool. It's combatbase.com. Really easy to remember. Check out our site anyways, just to read the black belt profiles we have posted. Even if you stuff. try it for just a month. Yeah. Try it for a day. I was looking at the website. Same. I was I was checking out the website. It looks like you have a lot of people who are collaborating with you. It's not just you guys on the site, right? There's other black belts on there. Um, all of those black belts are people who were promoted by Chris. Oh. So um, he's actually promoted about seventy black belts around the globe. I just haven't gotten all of them to, uh, or he's they're ranked under him. So some people actually have come to us as black belts and they receive their degrees through Chris and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I haven't gotten them all to make the profiles, but then we do have several gyms, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but Chris has been teaching, like we have like an unaffiliated affiliation. He's been promoting people at different schools around the globe forever. Um, and it's just, we've never really had an affiliation and nor do we really want one. So that thus the whole idea of the club, because we want it to be more than like we want it to be less controlling like affiliation feels like i have to bow and pledge my allegiance to this flag and it's not like that <laughs> fly your own flag bro fly yeah. your own flag you can keep your own school name you can right. wear whatever you right. Right. wear you can be be what you want to be but you know i give a speech often go ahead you take where where 
<laughs> I don't know. I like this yeah, two guests yeah, thing. This it's it's kind of nice yeah, having two yeah. guests. I mean, um, I've I've been taken the oath three times, and I only have allegiance to the United States Constitution, not but to any man. I am I I have an allegiance to law, not man, but to ethics, not a people. I don't worship other human beings. And I don't like the that structure. To me, it feels like fascism. And I've never liked that. So the combat-based club, you're not loyal to me or the club. I'm not you're a member. You're just a member We're of the club. We're all just members. I mean, yes, he's the one who, you know, legitimizes it through his legacy, but it's like not, it's not like that. So we have a lot of students in Michigan and Oregon. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm self-aware that I might be sending you off on a big tangent, but I'm obviously still going to ask it because I want to hear where this tangent I'll, goes. I'll, and then we'll... I'll rein my tangent in. Uh, that, you know what? We have you on to go on the tangents. You, you, uh, you take us wherever you want. But we just talked about having a legacy. You've been training for so long. Obviously, jiu-jitsu as a sport has evolved greatly. Is there anything about that evolution that surprised you? That when you think back to the early days of training, you wouldn't have seen coming? Gosh. That's, that, that's a deep one. That's a deep one. I because that's why I said I'm sending on a tangent. I think it's a deep one. And before I I even attempt to rack my brain and see if I can come up with something that back then and and now and I'm shocked. But because growth is so gradual, that I would say in many ways. If it has happened, I missed it because it's gradual. Kind of like, and I'm just going to throw this out there. It's like anything. Um, anything that evolves is usually gradual, and you can only see it when you look back at the big picture. Let's but take the English language as an example. If you suddenly right now transported me back in time or you to England in the, in the year 1296. You couldn't communicate with anyone speaking English there. You wouldn't understand them. They wouldn't understand you at all. You might be able to read a little bit, but not much. But go ahead, 300 years, and it's like 1600 you could kind of read it but you still can't understand it being spoken you go back even a hundred years ago and there are accents of english and idioms and little small sub culture words that you have no idea what those words mean so, so to use the analogy of martial arts but jujitsu being a language it, it's a language and as as i opened them with we're now in a globalized world so now that language is now a global language and everybody is speaking kind of the same language 
Whereas when I started, it was still very regional. It, it was even, it, you, you could even say that the Gracie style, there was the Hoyler Gracie style. There was the Hoist Gracie style. There was the Hegan Machado who, who used to be called Hegan Gracie Gracie style. The Hickson Gracie uh, style. And then there was the Americans with, with the wrestling in affluence and other stuff and certain aspects of American culture, i.e. the open-mindedness, then the internet explosion. And so a lot of things have definitely affected and changed. And what I'm going to say, jujitsu, it has certainly had a rapid a period akin but to a Cambrian explosion in evolution. And that basically occurred from about like 1992 to about 2002. That 10-year period was so rapid in growth, in new games, in spider guard, in half guard, and all these things, Eliheva guard. Then these guards were even expanded upon even more, and these games even more, and the passing styles and all these things. And the they branched off into the IBJ JF rule set kind of sport to the um, no points rule set kind of sport. MMA went its own way and added rules and all that. And we're kind of at what I'm going to call it's probably the 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 most fantastic age for martial arts or any knowledge base a thing ever, all because of this screen that we are sharing. We are at the dawn of an information revolution that makes the Gutenberg press, if we survive history, that this will be the time. I think that is a very good close. I will take that as a good stopping point. Like we said in the beginning, this was really exciting for us to have you on so we appreciate it so much yeah this is uh we, we were we told you before but uh we were really stoked for this and and it it lived up to to the expectations and uh lived up to what we hoped yeah for. absolutely sure, i have bored people to death uh, no one, <laughs> no no one cares about no, them i don't think so <laughs> this has been yeah. great the this show is just for us. We're not yeah. even worried about the audience. This show is just for us more than anything. So uh, I was definitely not bored to death. So thank you again. All right, you guys, when you are out in LA, um, look me up and come to my garage. Absolutely. We'll, we'll we definitely hit you up and train. For sure. Right thank back. you so much. Thank Be you, sir. Safe. Have a good night. Out. You as well. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Again, a huge thanks to Chris Outer for coming on and talking to us. If you want to follow him on Instagram, you can find him at Chris Howder Art. He was also talking about his Combat Base Club. You can find that at CombatBaseClub.com. And if you're looking for it on Instagram, it's just at Combat Base Club. We're going to put the links to our social media accounts below. So if you want to follow us individually or you want to follow the show, just give that a click and check it out as well. And we also put the link to our YouTube page below. If you go there, you're going to be able to find video versions of all of our episodes as well as 
a ton of content that you're not gonna be able to find on the audio only portion of this. You're gonna be able to find technique breakdowns, breaking news analysis, and match highlights. So give that a click, check it out. While you're there, subscribe and give us some likes. Make sure you check out Epic Roll on Instagram at Epic Roll BJJ and at the website epicrollbjj.com. Use our coupon code podcast15 to take 15% off your order. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you use to listen to the show. It really helps us out. Say, we're moving in Chris Howder's garage. Getting chained up in Howder's garage. He invited. It's happening. Good night, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks, guys. (laughs)